Prasad, thank you so much uh, for talking to us today. Uh, you know, you are in the space which is just being talked about the world over. In fact, I was reading uh, just a few days back that there was this American company, I forget the name, which was actually seeing 1,000 people in a year. Now they're seeing eight to 10,000 people through telemedicine. So telemedicine, which was like a word uh, and, yeah. and people were doing, is suddenly an important part of our lives. Yeah. Tell us what you are seeing at Mfine, and how would you say uh, how would you say the space is shaping up, unfortunately or fortunately because of the COVID? Yeah, first of all, thanks a lot uh, for the uh, for inviting me to this now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a fundamental change, right? Um, healthcare now, um, I think it's a largely a permanent change um, through the world that uh, people have recognized that uh, you know uh, healthcare has to be delivered uh, using technology um, you cannot limit uh, technology i mean healthcare delivery only to uh, what what people always call uh, as point of care right you now there is a hospital always that you have to go to the point of care to be you know to get better uh, if you're sick etc no matter how far it is no matter how busy it is no matter whether you, you will get your slot or not right so it's a very provider-centric uh, kind of a, uh, you know, thought process with which the infrastructure was there. But, uh, you know, it's now bringing that to internet. Yeah. Uh, you know, is completely shifting it from a uh, you know, 180 degrees, right, towards the consumer. Um, and, and now, yes, unfortunately, yes, uh, COVID is not a good thing. Um, but on the other hand, it really showed the necessity of and the usefulness of this kind of um, how to break the barriers to access, uh, how important it is uh, to be able to, uh, for a doctor to deliver care without necessarily always having a patient uh, right in front of her or him. And uh, for the patients, how important it is to connect. So it's a largely a permanent change. Um, that's why we see that, you know, more and more people are going into um, you know, transforming, uh, you know, there is a famous uh, picture as well that is going, the meme actually going around in the internet saying that, you know, um, 10 years of digital transformation versus three months of uh, digital transformation in hospitals. Uh, so this, this is already more than what has happened in the last 10 years, right? Yeah. So I think it was coming. It was inevitable uh, that you, you make, break the barriers to access to healthcare and make uh, doctors uh, more efficient as well. So um, world over as well as in India. In India, the problem is even more um, amplified, right? We have one doctor for 1,800 people. If you really take MD doctors who are really good at their job, etc., so and specialists, it's one doctor for 5,500 or so 6,000 people is, I mean, abysmal, right? I mean, there is really, um, they're really far and few. They're also yeah. mostly in urban uh, centers, etc. Right? So, um, yeah, that's that's where the you know breaking all the barriers via you know, on the other hand, there are 400 million smartphone users, right? Every other service is getting used on uh, on uh, smartphones by whether you are in a small town or a big town, it doesn't matter, right? So that people have gotten used to, uh, 400 computers in people's, 400 million computers in people's hands, right? So um, it's high time that, you know, this service becomes a consumer internet service in, in, a, in a, a lot of population across. And that's that's what is going to happen in India as well. More and more yeah. people will access, um, you know, doctors, specialist doctors, especially um, through mobile phone, uh, get their care delivered. 
um, and that this is an inevitable change that's definitely accelerated with COVID. Yeah, and you are seeing an acceleration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think we are now around uh, since March, our numbers are around seven to eight x up. Wow. Um, just in those uh, few months, right? Um, and um, that that's, that itself shows that you know one one is on the consumer side, seven to eight x uh, up, etc. But on the other hand, even uh, we had a two hundred. We work with hospitals, so we create a virtual hospital of sorts, a virtual extension of each of the top hospitals in the country. So unlike, um, you know, doing individual doctors marketplace, we actually create a virtual extension of a hospital like a Fortis or like a um, Aster or like a, you know, Kim's Hyderabad or Swarish, etc. Into the, into the cloud, right? It's a virtual hospital for people accessible on their mobile phone. So we had around 250 hospitals on our network in March. Now we have nearly 500. Wow, that's wow. also the provider side actually coming in and then accelerating the uh, you know change really uh, dramatically. I've always wondered on two things. One is that why haven't we seen scaled uh, telemedicine uh, ventures out of India? Uh, because nothing comes to mind as far as you know, just reaching the length and breadth of the country and and building like you said, right? Like we have 400 million smartphone users, then. How come we don't have that kind of a scalable uh, ventures uh, till now? And the second thing is, how do you differentiate in a telemedicine startup? Yeah, so I think you answered the first question in your second question. <laughs> so uh, I think for many, many years, telemedicine is seen as doctor patient It's not. Right? That's, oh. that's the reason uh, if the solution is only limited to that. Uh, I think that that was the case. Uh, uh, what we saw when we started MFN as well, right? You know, we we talked to at least 100 doctors, and you know, I think around 400 patients or so before we even registered the company, right? Uh, myself and Ashutosh, uh, we used to do these interviews. We used to take fake appointments and go in and meet the doctor, and then without <laughs> any problem, and ask. Like the problem was really that people saw telemedicine as a connectivity tool. Hmm. Right. Um, that doesn't solve the problem that we have less number of doctors and they have less less amount of time in the day. Right. It simply doesn't solve. Right. It, yeah. it doesn't solve that problem. Whether the patient is in front of you or over the video, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't work. Right. Um, so what we saw was that was the fundamental reason why uh, it didn't work. And secondly, I think too much of uh, uh, probably marketplace or a commerce focus. Right. So telemedicine was seen to be like, okay, whoever has time, if you're an MBBS doctor, you have time, come on uh, the app and you will get some cases, right? Um, again, that is another mistake, right? So people are not, healthcare is really driven by trust, right? Think about your own personal experiences, etc., families, friends, etc. Would you go to an unknown doctor? No. Would you go to a doctor that is somebody assigning you, saying that, you know, I have a problem, you may go, but for not a real uh, serious problem of medical uh, nature. Or because of lack of option. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or, or you just may go for simpler problems. And yeah. even if you don't have an option, the option is 200 kilometers away, you would go there if the problem is serious. Right? Yeah. So what happened is that you, it's self-fulfilling, right? You get a marketplace kind of an approach where kind of there is no trust really in the system. And so you trusted that system only for small ailments. If it's a small ailments, I would not pay for it too much. 
right? Just because it's on internet, uh, I would not actually uh, pay for it. It's not good enough for my solving my problem. So if most consumers don't pay for it well enough, then there is no really scalable business, right? So that that's the real problem. One is the product is not good enough. Products were not good enough uh, to really uh, change the game that, you know, really good doctors can even take like three to four X more patients, right? That's number one. Number two is that without that, you limited yourself to very small number of small kinds of ailments and which is not a huge business in itself. Yeah. yeah. I think um, that's the insight we got from uh, day one. And we that's why we started thinking about it in a little bit different way. What are you doing there? What are you building and how are you differentiating? And how how should we all watching this bet on and find being the disruptor? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, all those adjectives we can use. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, I will only say we are, we are off to solving very interesting problems, mm-hmm. right? Um, healthcare is a very, very interesting space. First of all, the scope is massive. If you address it not as a marketplace or not as a simple you know, video tool development problem, it's pretty massive, right? So, um, yeah, what's MFI? We we went with this approach that we will bring trust into the system. That means that you will find a Fortis cardiologist there. You will find a Kim's or a Sunshine orthopedician there who is you know famous and you know who knows his job or the hospital is known for it and we can take care of the patients from end to end, not just the primary care, but also secondary or tertiary care as well through the journey. And all these doctors will come because we'll build a um, absolutely kick-ass product for doctors, which they have not uh, seen so far in India. So that's the two things that we went in and built this foreign hospital network and and the product now, right? So the, what is the product? So if you look at, um, I'll explain the product by the use cases, right? So, you know, um, there is a um, 28 year old uh, sales guy, I think sales executive in a company from Kolkata. Um, he he uh, talked to a consulted a doctor for his mother, uh, 72 year old mother, uh, mm. having some um, known psychiatric issues. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, um, when the doctor started talking, mm. and the video call and uh, understood the history. And uh, he also said, you know, a few of the other questions like, you know, about the hormonal things as well as um, even lastly, he got a doubt in terms of the behavior and the symptoms that, that they're showing, the behavioral they're showing and the, the diagnosis so far that a patient has received not fitting in completely. So he looked at it, he had a video call to understand the gait of the person, etc. So diagnosed that there is a clot in the brain. Oh, and said that it's a neurological problem. Please do MRI. Please come back. And uh, it is turned out to be so. And uh, they, uh, uh, you know, very, very grateful that yeah. the problem has been identified. Our first, when we launched cardiology, our first case was uh, uh, a, a professor in a college from Jammu and Kashmir. Um, he has uh, a chronic arrhythmia. Huh. So he could talk to a AIMS qualified doctor mm. from Delhi and uh, could actually get uh, benefit from the consultation and the you know, long-term medication, etc. So there is a um, another case of, you know, you know, there are tons of things. Yeah, so yeah. There, there are like just uh, enough number of cases like pediatricians looking at, uh, you know, um, 
you know, looking at infants, um, one of the very, very first case we saw was a problem that a 10-day-old infant had developed. And the pediatrician was really appreciative that he can actually see the patient, he can do actually uh, diagnosis properly. And um, things like uh, reading of an X-ray and determining whether there's a pneumonia, uh, reading of a consumer-grade image, you can take an image of the skin and then actually automatically classify into what kind of lesion it might be to help the dermatologist, right? So all these innovations that we have done uh, really helping doctors to be very, very effective. So see, that's the product differentiation. So I can talk about product features like endlessly, but uh, those are the elements we, we added. Uh, we, we converted mobile not as a connectivity tool, just like anybody would have assumed like, like what you alluded to in the beginning. Mobile now is an examination tool in the hands of the with an M finance. Yeah. That's the big, big difference that we have brought to uh, to the table, right? So um, yeah, very you probably can tell, very proud of the technology we have built. <laughs> and it is really solving the problem for the doctor that he or she is able to reliably uh, solve diagnose. Yeah, yeah. Very accurately, he or she gets an assistant, very accurate, reliable, scalable assistant. So they can see more patients. The more patients they can see, the economics change really. Yeah. More patients are able to be served by the expert doctor. At the same time, the economics of earnings out of it, you know, you know, and uh, you know, utilization of the you know, diagnostics and pharmacy and all the other businesses increases for the hospital. So it's a it's a it's a completely you know, self-fulfilling kind of a virtuous cycle we can create where uh, the technology can change the productivity on one end and the entire ecosystem benefits. We keep on hearing the word machine learning and, and, and the data intelligence, but I just feel that the usage in your, uh, uh, you know, in your app would be so profound because of the different kind of diagnosis, the intelligence you as a company that will have would be really, yeah, also the differentiator. Yeah. yeah. So the data is a huge differentiator. So we built the, the entire diagnosis process uh, using machine learning, of course. Um, initially from scanning millions of public domain articles and texts and everything. It's almost like a we made a doctor from a machine. And doctors go to college, read books, exactly like the same thing. We created a learning model first, fed it a lot of data. It learned what does it mean uh, that cold happens to nose? <laughs> like this, very simple things. And, uh, you know, a pneumonia has to be uh, identified like this. Uh, a certain cough sound corresponds to lower respiratory versus upper respiratory infection. So wow. they've learned all this. At the same time, once the, the machine is put into use every day, so every day it's getting reinforced. And yeah. The doctor is using it, the patient is using it, it's reinforced. So, there's always, if you go to the hospital, there's such a huge waiting list and line of people wanting to meet. I just wanted to understand from medical fraternity, from doctor's standpoint, how are they embracing to telemedicine and what is the incentive for them? Yeah, as I said, if the medicine, telemedicine is a tool to which it, it was actually a tool to connect more patients they didn't uh, i mean it was not working for them right so it's actually it's a sink on their time 
it used to be right now they are embracing at least the m5 case because they are able to structure and be very more efficient right so uh-huh. so like cardiologists like some cardiologists i talk to in the network they say that you know i i the process is very well defined for me the logistical of logistics of it the information collection the you know the continuous longitudinal data of the patient etc that collection of it etc that takes a lot of time right so for them when they saw him when they one of the cardiologists said that i want like 60% of my outpatient visits to be on m5 because i am just so more efficient for me and my patients ah okay right so um, actually that was actually one of the counter intuitive things uh, that we figured out in the beginning that jiske paas time is not the doctor who has time the doctor who doesn't have time has to come here then only i mean there is a reason why this doctor is sought after right then only we really can get the expertise given to more and more people so we really focused on that aspect right so so we know how a gastroenterology case diagnosis process happens we we have the data we we know the longitudinal data of the patient we can do correlations about it we can do preliminary differential diagnosis the doctor is appreciating all those things yeah the, the incentive is simply that they see more patients very clearly of course on the other hand there are more um i mean that's basic on top of it some of these top doctors are really top doctors because they are very very top of their game right very early adopters of technology they yeah. understand you know what are the next steps of you know two three steps ahead of everybody else and they see the potential with that right so they you know some you know couple of doctors are publishing papers with m5 data of uh, efficacy wow. treatments etc right so this is a I mean, completely new direction for a lot of these uh, uh, doctors digital was always a promise but uh, i i can uh, confidently say that you know it is in small measures getting now fulfilled it would be very interesting if at some point you could come out with a you know kind of a paper or something which talks about how doctors like you were saying it's very interesting and it also makes sense like doctors who are busy are actually finding through your platform able to effectively leverage their own time and see more patients that would be so powerful yeah to get that uh, yeah. so i think um, both sides we are uh, in the process of writing uh, papers usually in, in medicine and in, in healthcare you need to be writing papers in peer reviewed journals etc i have a very thoroughness about it we are going about it in that way that the credibility is there so in the yeah. end want to be a healthcare company with uh, deep uh, credibility and with a lot of technology uh, you know uh, progress right so we are in the in the in the making of those papers as well one is on the doctor side even on the patient side right so very simple thing the most appreciated yet very simple feature we have is that once you do the consultation it's a, it's all digital all data is digital on and fine there are no images or things like this everything you upload even if you upload a lab report as an image we'll convert into digital automatically so we actually give prescription reminders that you need to take your medicine like this or you need, your mom's medicine time has come up yeah right so people just light up when they, <laughs> we never imagined that this is so important but it actually changes the uh, you know medication adherence it changes the outcomes doctors love it so that you know they don't have to keep on you know telling that you know you have to take this medication the course has to be finished there is a reason for it 
so those kind of things also we are seeing that you no know, really can influence the outcomes of the patients level those are the couple of papers also we are preparing on that you know i wanted to ask you are you seeing an uptake on uh, mental health uh, uh, people uh, coming to see psychologists psychiatrists yeah, yeah we have seen that uh, um, yeah we now i think um earlier we used to do around uh, you know 3 400 um, a day maybe up to 500 a day uh, 500 a month kind of uh, cases now we are seeing i think around 3000 or so wow so it is increased um, in the early days of uh, i mean from april around may etc i checked it specifically because i was interested in knowing yeah what is the lockdown doing to people or what's the kind of this kind of pandemic environment doing to people lot of cases where um they just it's getting on literally getting on the nerves of the people that you know um anxiousness and you know, heightened anxiousness um you know if even your neighbors are you know you heard some news or something like this somebody is affected with or what will affect you for expecting mother your anxiousness is going up and you you are a um you travel for work a lot you you work i mean you work a lot in you know you know in you know sales functions and other functions etc you're stuck at home kind of more or less you're not able to manage that balance yeah so, this kind of profiles that we have seen uh it's constantly increasing although uh, the peak is little bit reduced now it's it's good for the people that they're able to handle it now a little bit more uh, that's what i i read out of it but definitely yes there was a heightened uh, you know uh, consultations on you know psychiatry and psychotherapy yeah and what is the biggest uh, uh, treatment for which people come to you to to the platform yeah so we have all kinds of 30 or specialties so a lot of uh, around 35% are actually super specialties like cardiology okay wow so we get 80% of our cases are non gp cases right so all specialist cases etc so so gynecology is uh, one of the top three uh, you know gp for more chronic conditions is also one of the top the diabetes is a big um, nearly 35 to 36% is uh, chronic conditions like di- diabetes and thyroid etc etc so that that's how it uh, prasad the other question i had is that you said you have virtual hospitals so do you tie up or do you do a rev share with the hospitals or is Uh, oh so you don't have individual doctors no so we okay. have few um, top notch doctors directly with m5 but very very selected few of them um less than 5% but uh, largely 95% is actually hospitals yes so then the revenue split would, would be between the hospitals and the doctors but you deal yeah. with the hospitals yeah so correct so we are now an extra uh, share <laughs> kind of <laughs> but on other hand volumes are higher so uh, so they're okay with that yeah yeah and because you are a digital platform are you a- are you able to charge lesser from the patients as compared to they walking into the hospital um actually not um we we think that it is not any less in terms of the experience and the care it's the same doctor it's the same expertise um it is the exactly the same hospital and if you are uh, if you need more like examination or intervention etc you continue the journey with the same hospital so we do charge the same as you visit a hospital 
um, the question that the way you asked is different. That that's the today situation. But do you believe that the costs can come down with technology in the long run? That's yes. Yeah. I think we yeah. can bring costs down without uh, um, affecting the provider side of uh, earning, etc. Right. So actually, yeah. very interesting quote. One of the top doctors of Bangalore, or the petition. Uh, I'm not sure whether I have the permission to use his name, so I won't use his name. But yeah, he, yeah. he looked at the. Uh, system and he practices on M fine top orthopedician from Bangalore. He said that I roughly I charge I see fifty patients and I charge five hundred rupees. Looks like you can enable me to see five hundred patients, so I can actually charge much less to my patients. So that's yeah. so he's a very very senior revered uh, doctor. I, again, one of those visionary doctors. I think uh, that's possible, you know, going forward. So, do you have plans to go to smaller towns, to go to villages? Because telemedicine, you know, your startup can go across the country, yeah. right? So, uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, there are already people using it uh, from you know almost like unexpected places, like remote villages, etc. Uh, thanks to the internet penetration, smartphone penetration, uh, etc. But uh, Consciously, we um, uh, want to get get into more and more. Um, I look at it this way: that um, we the, the point of care. I talked about it, right? So when I say point of care, people always have one form factor in their mind, right? This huge uh, hospital, either multi-storied or a, you know, big enough hospital as brick and mortar, etc. Right? What we have done as a first step is we made the point of care. Uh, This one, right? Now there may be other forms of point of care. Right? We are thinking about a kiosk, uh, ATM-sized kiosk, where uh, there is a lot of uh, assisted uh, uh, consultations can happen and care delivery can happen, uh, and things like this. Those can be deployed at scale much larger. Yeah. Uh, across the country, uh, with the government, without government, in any ways, I think private or private public partnership, etc. so that is something definitely we have in mind to uh, take it uh, take it up next year if you have to say i'm fine this is the big dream of course the dreams keep on changing and evolving but at least in the next 12 to 18 months this is where we want to be and this is what we want to achieve what would that be um i think uh, i think there is a future that is getting built i think we want yeah. to build most of Right, uh, whether we do it or not, the future is getting built. Uh, that is digital. Uh, you would make uh, healthcare access as a any other consumer internet service reach nooks and corners of this country. Um, you know, no um, doctor uh, should. I mean, every doctor should be available on the platform, um, and a patient should be able to reach any doctor that they would want. um i think any speciality and they should be able to manage their health and get better in their sick and in in a lot of ways also prevent uh, uh sickness and complications etc by by being so uh, attentive to the health um you know once it becomes your in part of your personal device you are more attentive to your health right so there yeah. are things that can be done so i think um, definitely reaching um, you know few hundred million customers over the healthcare is a lot more universal need uh, so i can imagine that few hundred million customers is possible in india and over the next 3 4 years 
um, that's really the dream and becoming that platform where um, a lot of respect from uh, doctors first of all come and a lot of trust from patients comes right so i think that's that's the important thing i think uh, i realize one very humbling and uh, at the same time uh, very interesting experience is that uh, um it, it, this is not a area where you as a technologist dream up something and then build out something and everybody will fall in line um this this has to be built with the experts and we are not the full experts the doctors are right so even in in our team there are uh, three doctors who are product managers right oh yeah, yeah they have completely converted into product managers yeah of course in business development also there are there but this is a, this is an extreme thing that we have taken it to right we are we we are the half experts and the other half actually has to be filled by some of these visionary doctors some of these people who can actually appreciate and see more systems thinking etc etc right so um uh, i think that's why respect from doctors is an important part of the vision that i have that you know next 3 4 years we, we want to be the choice of the platform for the doctors and that way also patients get benefited that they get the best of the best of the doctors in the platform yeah so prasad we are talking for money matters so i want to ask you my question which is what has money meant to you personally in your life what role yeah it's a kind of philosophical kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> um at all stages of if i look back um it, it's always been uh, a, you know it, it it meant freedom yeah do what i want right um, it's pretty much that so uh, it's not that um, it becomes an end in itself and there is no limit to what one can earn but uh, i always uh, had i mean even before mintra i had a startup so uh, again that that was a failed startup uh, but uh, the point was that i i at every point in time i looked at money and said okay yeah this is good enough. now i can do whatever i want <laughs> so uh, so i mean uh, it helps me just live the uh, live the way i want to live and uh, you know at heart as a um, kind of by education by upbringing etc or just the mental makeup is problem solving and things like this right? i want to solve a lot of problems and that that whatever money i can get can give me that freedom to do that 